0: once yeah.
1: I started using those, like the resentment that was in our relationship like went away because he resented when I told him what how to spend the money. Uh, he resented mm-hmm. when I told him to, to do something. Today's podcast episode is not just for people that are preparing financially for adoption fertility. Is for anyone that's in a relationship and struggles with resentment. Today's podcast is with Daniel Eck, a clinical social worker. We're gonna talk about communication, spending time with your spouse, resentment, relationships, money, fertility, adoption, the list goes on and on. I'm so excited to talk about my favorite topics and I'm really glad that you are here to listen with us. This is Family Money Coaching, and I'm your host and financial coach, Laura Coleman. So without further ado, here's my interview with Daniel Eck.
0: So I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. I work in private practice. Uh, what that means, I have a, a master's degree uh, in clinical psychology. I see clients uh, for a myriad of reasons uh, through my private practice. I've been in, in private practice now. Uh, here in the U.S. for two years, I did private practice when I lived, uh, in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, I did private practice there for a couple of years as well. And so I think all told now about six or six years or so, seven years or so of, of clinical experience. I also work, uh, full time for a, a, an employee assistance program called ConPsych, and I do, uh, personal professional development training, uh, for them. So I do a lot of on-site and, uh, webinar. Uh, trainings all around the world uh, for them. Uh, So that's uh, just a brief uh, history uh, of me. I've done uh, several other things throughout uh, the course of my life, but uh, that uh, I think is what brings me here today.
1: Yeah, awesome. So the reason why I reached out to you is I, I serve people who are seeking to adopt or who are seeking to go through fertility. And the reason why I chose that direction is I've been a financial coach for about seven years and my husband and I got married eight years ago and we adopted a little girl. And then two years ago, we adopted two little boys through foster care. So we have a passion for it. And as I was working with my clients, I I remember one client that I was, they were sitting in front of me and they were so embarrassed to talk about it, but they were talking about how they wanted to find money to be able to go through fertility and I began to share my experience with them and about how what what I did to be able to save money and find the money to be able to pay for it because we ended up spending $35,000 on IVF and one of the things that really struck me about this couple is there was some tension between the two of them she mm-hmm. really she really wanted to be able to uh, get pregnant And she resented the fact that it was him the reason why they were not able to conceive. Mm -hmm. And so that I I noticed that resentment at that time. And I didn't really connect those things together. And it's been a couple of years and as time's gone on, I have felt more and more about that. And so I wanted to reach out and talk with someone who has had experience counseling on the relationship Mm -hmm. side of things and, and to ask you, you know what, What causes resentment in in a marriage? What does it affect?
0: You know, when we talk about resentment in marriage, you know, it's it's often that the that the resentments will come up um, more often than not uh, in these kind of really difficult you know uh, topics or these difficult areas. And I think ultimately it boils down to each person's values. I think that sometimes what happens when we get married is we're excited, we feel as though we found uh, this person. Uh, who who values things similar uh similarly that to than I do, right? And so what what ends up happening through the courtship and then on into the marriage, uh it, it, before we make these, you know, these kind of big life decisions about having kids or, you know, whether we should adopt or uh and, and pursue some type of assisted, uh reproductive uh, uh technology manner or something along those lines, when we get into that realm, um, now all of a sudden we realize is what were once similar values aren't, aren't the same. And so we're kind of thrust into uh, this, this, this conversation about, wait a minute, I thought we were on the same page. And you find out that you're not on the same page. You're on a similar page. Um, you know It's th- just the, the text is on that page is maybe a little bit different. And that becomes very difficult then to navigate. I think, uh, how do we have these conversations? How do we, how do we lead with our emotions, uh, and, and what we need and what we want from the other person? Uh, navigating those expectations then becomes very, very challenging because we're not comfortable. We're not, uh, it, it's not as simple as those kind of day to day, you know, functional conversations about who's going to, you know, go grocery shopping or make dinner. You know, now we're really talking about some things that are going to really impact us emotionally, familially, financially, um, moving forward. So you really begin to now pull in a whole host of other areas where you maybe once thought you were on the same page and you realize that uh, the the text, like I said, is maybe a bit different on that page.
1: So how do you get on the same page? You know, when, when you're looking at a situation and and you're coming from different directions and you've you've liked each other enough to have gotten married and now you're Mm -hmm. having these experiences that, that are really impacting you differently. Maybe it's uh, an unmet, expectation or a need that you have? And how do you come together as a husband and wife team to be able to meet those and, and get rid yeah. of that resentment?
0: Yeah, very fair question. I think uh, the answer is maybe far simpler than than reaching the answer. Um, you know, I think that the answer to getting there, the, the short answer to that would be, you know, lead with your emotions. Talk about what how you feel in that situation, and then what you need from the other person, right? So it's back to that assertive community, or it's it's to that idea, rather, of of assertive communication. Um, But the challenge becomes, I think, more often than not, in those relationships, we're so attuned to what the other person needs, or we're trying to take care of their needs, uh, we're trying to be aware of their emotional state, and we're trying to give them the space that they need. We recognize and empathize with our partner so much, um, that sometimes we get clouded in just simply asserting what we want and what we need, and having the conversation from there. And so I think that that's often kind of what makes that you know maybe so challenging. And then to to even go a little deeper is uh, and and the more complicated piece of this. And, and I touch on this in one of the webinars that we talk about, and we talk about kind of the psychology of saving money and spending money through the through my uh, the EAP program that I work for. We do this this training and. What we talk about is in relationships, it's so important for us to understand, for example, where our value of money comes from. Well, when we talk about this in construct of, you know, uh, starting a family and creating a family, we got to begin to understand what does it mean to me? Where do I get the idea that it's important to me to be a mother? Or where do I get the idea that it's important to me to? Be a father. And, um, you know, what all does that mean to me then? What has that meant to me growing up? And I can speak for my own personal experience. I I've, Ever since I was a little kid, I can always remember having, you know, just being, I just love being around kids. And so for me, the idea of being a father has been something that's been. It was a a make or break for me in any relationship because for me, uh, being a father is one of the coolest things that you could do and one of the funnest things that you could do. And so for me, that value, that didn't come from pressure from family uh, or or any type of, you know, cultural or religious overtones or expectations that came birthed out of kind of me and, and who I am. Uh, you know, but then other people, they come to this, everyone comes to this, this idea of having a family or of, of, of money and what money means and how much money is it worth to have a family. And, and when these things start to get mixed up, it can be very confusing on how to, how, what I actually feel and how to then figure out how to state what I want uh, and what I need from another person.
1: You know, you, you kind of bring up some, like, thoughts for me when I was, when you said you've always wanted to be a father. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I connected <laughs> with that. Uh, I, ever since I was a little girl, like, if if I was at church and there was a baby missing, they'd say, oh, where's my kid? Where's my kid? Oh, Laura has them, you know? <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and
1: And I just... I just loved babies so much. And so, you know, I, I, I understand that completely and be able to like get down on the ground and and play with kids and, and rough house. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was always the favorite Aunt Laura. That's what we, we I referred to myself as.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. I'm, I'm everybody's favorite Uncle Dan, that's for sure. <laughs> Let, let's talk
1: a little bit about there are many opportunities during fertility that couples can create. Resentment because of unmet needs Mm -hmm. and expectations
0: regarding
1: having a child. So, what are some of the coping mechanisms that that you teach on how to deal with those feelings and to move past it?
0: Good question. I think there's a lot, I think, to unpack in that. I'm not really sure how, you know, what everyone is aware of in terms of, you know, all the things that go through, you know, the fertility process. Um, You know, if if you are using some type of assisted measure, um, sometimes this really changes the, the nature of of a couple's sexual uh relationships um in part you know they're, they're sometimes it doesn't and not not in every instance either right um the other thing is is we begin to kind of formulate a, a more transactional type of uh, experience in terms of the way we experience each other from that from that sexual realm and, and so i think that can that can be another added challenge that comes with this, but it's not just uh, you know in terms of of the reproductive kind of nature of, of the human spirit, um, but it also comes down to then um, the way that everyone deals with the stress that comes right. Um, whether you're adopting or whether you're using some type of uh, assisted uh, reproduction or whether you're doing uh, whether whether you're able to have kids uh, through natural uh, without any intervention of any other kind. Um, what often ends up happening during this this phase is, you know, there's stress associated with it. It may feel like one partner wants it more than the other, when that may not be the case. It may be that uh, one individual is simply trying not to put pressure or stress uh, on the situation, and the other partner is, you know, so much expects this to happen. Um, And then there are the other layers that come into play when you talk about, you know, these different uh, uh, types of Or avenues or paths to to parenthood. Um, When you talk about these, you know, there's also the dealing. Some folks want to say supremely optimistic and just believe that no matter what, IVF is going to be effective. Right? We're going to do this. It's gonna it's going to work. But the truth is, it's it's not the most effective measure. Right? And and adoption, you could be very. Excited about it and, and, and all these things, and people say, Well, we're going to get this, and it's going to come in this time frame, and all these different types of things. And this is where we again start to see some separation uh, in mentality. And having worked with a few families, a few couples that have dealt with this, I've seen all of these kind of play out. And what ends up happening, kind of back to that, tying that back a little bit to the resentment, is this, then there's this like unspoken resentment that comes from one partner towards the other. Right, you know you need that other partner we're we're trying to start a family, and so you're trying to maintain a healthy balance and a healthy outlook on them, but now we we're it's almost as opposed to you know the whole ideology of marriage ideology of marriage is that we're gonna share life together uh, and we're gonna share our family together and Now this experience and process of starting our family is no longer a shared experience, and so we begin to see either one person disengaged, the other person may be pushed too much, we see some resentment beginning to build. We see lots of contemptuous types of behaviors um, that really just make this a very contentious time for individuals. It can can be a very, very uh, difficult process.
1: Yeah, I I definitely um, saw that. And even in my own relationship, where you know I remember we had a, a miscarriage and it was a very devastating time for us <laughs> and i i couldn't i couldn't blame it on anyone you know it just it was it was what it was it happened um who knew that i had this thing called lupus anticoagulant which causes your body to create blood clots and so like there was some Anxiety inside me, like we just spent so much money trying to get pregnant, and like your whole dreams mm-hmm. are like gone down the drain. And I remember that was like the worst time of our marriage, right after our a, a miscarriage, and then we received um, our boys. And it's been three and a half years, and and you know one of the things that that helped us to overcome that was to make sure that we made time for each other. We had mm-hmm. consistent dates and just. I told my husband, and I was like, "Okay, you have to put me to bed at night and mm-hmm. talk with me and see me face to face, so that we can have that togetherness." And um, we were able to make it through that time and um, be able to strengthen our relationship. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we um, we have this bank account that I—it's date night with my honey. That's what I call it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I like. It.
1: And uh, I know, like every time I deposit money in it. Uh, I'm sure the tellers just get a kick out of it, but that's what I call it on at the bank. It's date night with my honey. That's what I named it. And that um, setting that money aside specifically like helped with us reconnecting again because that, you know, you do form that resentment when, when something horrible happens and you're just like, it's your fault. You know, you're the one that caused this or you know, if, if you had done this, this would have happened. Or, um, I'm, I'm feeling anxious towards you because Mm -hmm. you're, you know, this terrible thing has happened to us, but I know that we can pull out of that as long as we intentionally set aside money so that we can go and and be together. That togetherness is like so, so very important. And so when you were sharing, I I was just like, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, those, those emotions.
0: Mm -hmm. And and I think what, what you guys what would, would you and your husband did there was, you're, again, that's that assertive communication. I'm feeling this way, and here's what I need, right? Yeah. And so many folks, it's, it's, even, even in, the, in the healthiest of relationships, it can be hard to have the confidence to do that in these types of times right? Exactly. It's, it's super easy to do that in that, you know, in that honeymoon phase or, or when things are going well, uh, you know, it's super easy to do that. But whenever, I think this is what what, what is often important to, to recognize when you talk about fertility and uh, everything that comes with it in, in all different shapes and sizes and forms of fertility is there's uncertainty, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and we as humans like things to be very predictable. We like things to be certain we create uh, an experiences for ourselves that are very much in this kind of habitual manner. And we'll, by, we do this because it provides us a sense of security. You know, albeit a false sense of security, we, we have this sense of security that we are in control uh, and, and that everything is, you know, we're kind of in control of the way our life goes and all these types of things. When you get into fertility, now what you're starting to talk about and you're dealing in is a realm of uncertainty centered around intense emotions of hope, maybe even guilt and frustration and all these different types of grief and loss, as you talk about, like with a miscarriage, uh, these, these things are so hard to navigate. And, and, you know, th- there's no premarital counseling that's, that, that you can do that, that prepares you for that. Right. I I mean, there's right. nothing in, there's no other experience in life that can prepare you to handle the complexities that you're going to face, uh, you know, with your partner, uh, when these types of things happen. So, so in part, we're maintaining that, uh, you know, and that assertive communication really helps, uh, to your point. Um, you know, sometimes it feels awkward to kind of, you know, dictate or, or dedicate a certain account or a certain day, you know, we're going to, we're going to have date night on this night, as opposed to it feeling more romantic and spontaneous. Um, you know, there's, there people, people kind of shun at that, but the truth of the matter is, is that, the whole reason, you know, I, I tell my clients in marriage counseling, regardless of kind of, uh, you know, what the reason is that's bringing them in, I say, what brought you here? You know, what, what, what brought you to the point where you got married? Why did you decide on this person? Remember that in those tough times, remember that. This is the person I wanted to witness and share my life with, my successes and my failures. And when you remember those types of things, uh, it can help you through some of these complex times, in particular, if you're remembering all the while. Um, that I've got to assert I have needs and it's okay to have that. Uh, emotions, you know, are, you know, we get into that mentality too that I don't want to be seen as over emotional. I don't want to be seen as too vulnerable, these types of things. The truth of the matter is human beings are emotional creatures. We are emotional creatures first, and that's evidenced by the fight or flight stress response in the brain. So, um, it's okay to be emotional. And by the by, emotions exist in a part of our brain whereby there is no cognitive thought. So, yes, when I'm emotional, I am irrational because my emotions don't have any cognitive or rational thought to them. So I think we have to sometimes remember these types of things uh, as we navigate these these complex and difficult conversations because it it sets the table for, um, you know, empathy and validation and saying, there is no right or wrong here. You simply feel the way that you feel.
1: I did go to school and became a um, family consumer science was my bachelor's. <laughs> I ended up towards money. Um, but, but one of the <laughs> things, <laughs> I, I think that there's like an a interconnected relationship. Like they should marry each other. Mm-hmm. Personal finance mm-hmm. and marriage counseling should marry each other. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. But, but,
1: but what you're talking about, you know, is um, what I know it as is content communication. You know, saying Mm -hmm. what you mean and mean what you say, stating specifically, like don't hint drop your, your spouse Mm -hmm. is not going to hint drop. And, and one of the Mm -hmm. stories that I remember uh, learning about hint dropping is this, this mom walked into the kitchen and her son was sitting at the table and he's telling a story and his dad was sitting there reading the newspaper and she comes in and she's like, and his dad says, uh, you need hanky? And she's like, no. And the kid's thinking, she wants the trash taken out, but his dad doesn't get it. And, and mm-hmm. his, his dad, uh, she sniffs again. And he's like, uh, here, here, let, let me help you out. And she's like, can't you smell it? You know, and, and uh, he, he says, he says in this point of the story, he says, um, I knew that no matter what my dad did, even if he took out the trash right now, he was, he had lost because he didn't get the hint the first time and then also learning about um that marriage is a um, marriage of equals that we are equal partners we don't we don't have an employee mm-hmm. boss mm-hmm. mentality and we don't have a ch- parent-child relationship we we don't ask permission from our spouse and when i learned that concept um uh, i went to my husband i started using it on him and it was a change in our relationship
0: <laughs>
1: yeah and I, i'd say absolutely. i'd say honey it would really mean a lot to me if you wash the dishes it would just mean so much to me and he's like oh Mm -hmm. okay yeah I'd be glad to do that for you and I didn't tell him I didn't ask him I it it would just mean a lot to me and once I started using those like the resentment that was in our relationship like went away because he resented when I told him what how to spend the money Uh, he resented Mm -hmm when I told him to, to do something and, mm-hmm. and I resented, you know, when he would go and buy something without telling me, you know, so that resentment yeah. would go away as soon as I changed it to, I would appreciate it. If it would mean a lot to me, if,
0: mm-hmm. and, and
1: then all of a sudden we became equal partners in our marriage instead of a parent child relationship.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's easy to fall into that trap. I think sometimes because again we get it's that we get into a very habitual experience. We get into this wake up, rinse, repeat mentality, right. and we lose this this intentional mind that says that what I do is and what I think and what I say is on purpose. It has a purpose and it has a meaning. And when we're intentional in our own experience, it makes it easier for us, as you're talking about, to kind of make that. Uh, that statement, that that need, uh, you know, doctors John and Julia Gottman are are regarded as the love experts. Uh, They've done just immense amount of research on, on couples and they talk about how couples that are able to pick up on each other's bids, uh, these bids for affection. And when we miss this, that 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 doing the dishes for someone is actually a bid for affection, right? Uh, my wife and I have two different values uh, on 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 how clean the house has to be, right? That's true, uh, but true. I know what her value. I know what her value is, right? So when she says, "Ah, oh, this place is driving me nuts," that's a bid for affection. And so if I have the opportunity uh, the next day to to make sure that I get a bunch of things cleaned up around the home, I've, I've taken a bid for her affection uh, and I, and I, and I've met her bid for that affection and we are now closer for that. And to your point, it reminds you that this is a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. I, it, it, marriage is, is, is oftentimes, uh, this dance that we do. And I think that sometimes we think that there has to be a leader and a follower and that can't be the case. There are going to be times where you're going to need to lead the dance and times when you're going to need to follow in the dance. Um, and if you're not paying attention to your, what you need, and your bids that you need to give off and trying your best to communicate those clearly. And then keeping that attentive eye to your partner, um, you're going to find yourself uh, quickly in a place where it's very much resentment, uh, contemptuous behavior. You start seeing that rolling of the eyes that, you know, those kind of snide remarks or those sarcastic comments that are really, you know, kind of indicative of, of resentment. Now mm-hmm. resentment is here, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. What advice would you give to a couple that's seeking to adopt or go through fertility to help them deal with the difficult and emotional process?
0: There, there are maybe three key things that I would have thought. The first thing that I would say is, you know, the process isn't a quick process. And no matter what, you know, no matter which, if you're going through adoption, if you're going through some type of, you know, assisted uh, reproductive technology, it's going to be a process. So doing weekly check-ins with each other, right? So that you're keeping a good pulse on how the other person feels. This is going to help you stay away from resentment and it'll let the other person know that, listen, every, you know, every Friday evening, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about how are you feeling about the process in an open and honest forum. Uh, when you do this on a regular basis, it, it reminds your partner that when you're starting to feel lonely or isolated, when you're starting to feel, you know, like you're slipping and falling, then I'm right here. I mean, you don't have to go far to find me. I'm already here. And so I think that's a really important piece, that one piece of advice I would say throughout that, spot, that process, having those weekend, week uh, check-ins and having them scheduled, right? They're, they're non-negotiable. Those go on your calendar uh, and, and because the relationship is the most important thing, right? I think sometimes we get askew here uh, with, our, with our priorities and we begin to say the kids are the most important thing. Uh, no. That relationship between the mother and the father or between the parents and the household, um, that's going to be the most important relationship because that's what's going to teach the children how to relate to each other, how to take care of one another, how to take care uh, and, uh, of another uh, relationship that they're going to have throughout the, down the road. So that relationship between mom and dad or between the parents is going to be the most important parent relationship in the household. So we're setting that bar uh, throughout the process. Um, so that's one thing that I often recommend to, to couples uh, when they're going through that. The other thing that I would say is get emotionally honest with yourself. You know, it, it's not easy. We like to run away from uncomfortable emotion. In particular, in these types of instances, we know that one of the leading causes, I shouldn't say leading causes, one of the, one of some of the contributing factors uh, to things that influence fertility is stress, your stress hormones, um, when your stress hormones are high, when your cortisol levels are high, um, it, this is going to impact your ability to have, uh, to, to, to get pregnant. Um, this is going to impact your ability to, you know, to give, um, you know, kind of your top sperm, so to speak. Um, you, so stress is going to impact you. And, and so if we're not emotionally honest with ourselves about the way that the fears that we have in this process, you know, I, you don't have. To, it doesn't have to be about being doom and gloom, but acknowledge the sadnesses that you have when they come along. Right? Don't. We, it's easy to disillusion ourselves with the idea, with the mentality. If I'm going to hope, this is going to be great. We're going to. We're doing all the right things. You know, we're eating all the right foods and we're drinking all the right things and we're exercising regularly and we're doing these things and, and, and you know we're following up with our doctor regularly and, and we're keeping everything monitored. And you get into this very regimented piece of it, and this becomes a, a control factor. So that I can stay away from any of those negative feelings. But here's the problem with that is you can't hide from the feelings that you have, right? And anytime we feel a distressing emotion, that fight or flight response in our brain gets kicked off. And so if I'm not emotionally honest with myself, not only am I creating an environment that's not the best for what my goal is, um, this is also the recipe for resentment to sneak its way into the marriage for frustrations and angers. Uh, to sneak their way in. So be emotionally honest with yourself throughout. Um, journal, you know, write those things out. If, if maybe journaling is not your thing, make sure that, you know, maybe it's uh, coloring, um, you know, painting, you know, something that's, that's allowing yourself to kind of externalize those emotions that are happening internally. You don't always have to sit with them. You don't always have to talk about them, right? Uh, but, but understanding that it is important to experience them uh, because you're, you need to expel those uh, from you. And then the third thing um, that I would say, and this is just a, a kind of a personal thing, is is maintain a playful mentality. Uh, you know, when we when we keep a mindset of play, finding a way, creating a way to have fun uh, on a day-to-day basis, it reminds us to look at things from a more holistic viewpoint. You know, we begin, as opposed to get so much tunnel vision on what the goal is, on what the hope is, uh, we recognize that life is full of ambiguity. And so, uh, there are all kinds of good things, and there are all kinds of bad things. There are all kinds of unfortunate things and all kinds of things to to feel blessed about and so when we when we recognize this uh best is when we are engaging in fun, so making sure that we're finding every single day you know so it could be anything from you know looking trying to trying to see five strangers smile uh to to uh you know making sure that you just exercise regularly or play a board game with your spouse or with some friends. Uh, or making sure that you watch a funny movie or whatever it is, find ways to create fun, find ways to create play uh, into your day-to-day life because it's, it's, it it keeps you pretty well grounded and uh, recognizing um, that, you know, that there's still something for me to look forward to no matter what happens.
1: I love your advice. Thank you so much for your time. Like th- that was excellent advice. And I really, really appreciate you sharing that with us. And I know that those that are listening that are going through a difficult time right now, that, that if they follow that advice, that their marriage will stay strong and they'll be able to make it
0: through to the other side. Thanks for for having these types of conversations. You know, as a mental health counselor, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always encouraging when I when I see individuals having these types of conversations and letting people know that you're not alone, right, that that there, A, that there are, there's help available to you, um, you know, whether that's a counselor, uh, whether that's a, a podcast and something that you could find uh, on the internet, whether that's, um, you know, talking, turning into your partner, whatever the case may be is, um, you know, your experience, it, while unique to you, um, you're not alone. You're not alone in your experience. You're not alone in the reality that, that, that support is out there and available to you. And so conversations like this, they, they really warm my heart, the, the fact that, that, that folks are brave enough to, to go there and have that. And thank you very much uh, for sharing your personal stories uh, with myself. And I'm sure your audience is, is very much uh, appreciative of that of that as well.
1: Thank you. As I listened to Daniel's podcast again, there were times where I'm like, yes, I love talking about money. I love talking about marriage. I love talking about relationships. If this is something that you love to talk about and you love to listen to, I want to encourage you to go to familymoneycoaching.org, click on appointments and schedule our love and money session, or five-week session, and let's talk about marriage and money and communication and relationships together so that we can improve and strengthen our marriages because we got married to stay married. We didn't get married to have resentment, to have those stressful emotions in our relationships we got married to have a successful partnership and team so until next time let's live our financial lives with intention